Tonight's Bible reading comes from John 14, verses 1 to 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good evening, everyone. Keep your Bibles open on John 14. Let me tell you about five religious people standing in a dark room. And they're trying to work out what it is that's in front of them. The Christian says, it's like a long, slithery snake. The Hindu says, feels to me more like a smooth, strong tooth. The Buddhist says, no, to me it feels more like a a palm leaf, all wavy and floppy. The Muslim says, no, no, no. It's like a tree trunk, strong and round. Finally, the Jew says, it's like a short rope with a bushy tail on the end. Then the lights come on, and lo and behold, they're all standing, feeling different parts of an elephant. That, says everyone when they speak to me, is what the different religions of the world are doing when they're talking about God. But let me tell you, as someone who has spent over 20 years studying the words of Jesus, that is not what Jesus is on about. You heard what he said in what Suds just read to us. Verse 6 of chapter 14, Jesus said from his own lips, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
So Jesus is saying it is not one mountain with many different pathways to the top. It is not one destination with many different ways to get there. Here is the contentious claim of Jesus that we're exploring tonight. It's this, that Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to God. Do you know that? Can you trust it? And will you put your faith in it? The words that Jesus just, uh, that we just had read to us from Jesus' mouth were spoken by Jesus in the last 24 hours of his life. And what was his concern in that, that moment of greatest need for him? What was Jesus worried about? Not his own well-being, but the faith of his disciples. So he says to them, verse 1 of chapter 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I've found that in my life, the only people I've discovered who are not troubled by the experience of facing their own mortality or the mortality of someone they love, the the reality that that we're going to meet our maker, the only people who are able to be not troubled and unsettled by that are those who've come to God through faith in Jesus. So I went to a Jewish funeral. And after all the rituals and the prayers that we prayed, I went up to the best friend of the deceased at the reception and, and I was talking to him. I asked him, do you guys actually believe in God? And he said, look, what I'm about to tell you probably sums up the attitude of most of the people here. He said to me, I don't believe in God, but goodness, I'm scared of him anyway. And then I think about mission partners, uh, our own 7pm mission partners, Ben and Sally, serving Jesus in southwest Sydney amongst Muslim people, proclaiming Jesus as the way. Uh, A Muslim person would say that uh, Islam is finding peace through submission to the will of Allah. But they say that as they minister amongst people, they're not finding any peace anywhere. No one, no one is sure that they've done enough or been enough or that the things they've done wrong will be covered over so that they can go to paradise with Allah. That's why Ben and Sally are proclaiming the way of peace in Jesus amongst them. Then I think about people who sit here in these seats around us here at the Bridge Church, week in, week out, and they believe in God, but, but they, they sit there and they think, I, I just don't have this same passion that you know, Paul and you, Ed, have. And then I remind them, well, we're, we're preachers. And so we just get to present to you whatever picture of our lives we want. It's like Instagram for orators. We can just paint this beautiful picture. But then you, you turn to the people around you. And you meet Jess and you meet Jackson who give up their Sunday mornings to teach children about the way of Jesus. You, you meet Sarah who goes to Greenway to to share the love of Jesus with people in our local housing commissions. You meet these people and you think, am I I not picking up what Jesus is putting down? And these questions start to fill your heart and you think, "Maybe, maybe I don't quite get it yet. And that's exactly what was taking place on this night before Jesus died. The disciples of Jesus had left everything to follow him And they were walking to this point, and Jesus has just dropped a bombshell. After they'd left everything and been with him, he is going to leave them. 
and their hearts are troubled. So many questions fill their hearts and minds. Lord, where are you going? Uh, What is the way for us to get there? Lord, how can we know your words are actually God's words? Lord, will you show us a glimpse of the Father? So as we turn our attention to Jesus' response to all these questions, we come to our first point this evening, which is the, the undercurrent of everything that Jesus is explaining, and that is first the assumption that the way to God is blocked. So in the Jewish religion, there were many physical symbols and rituals and reminders to remind you that the way to God is blocked. So you came to the temple and there was regular daily sacrifices to make a a way for you to approach God. And then if you wanted to approach God yourself, you had to do that through a priest. And the priest had to sacrifice the life of an animal. And the animal's blood had to be uh, splattered on you so that you could come near to God. And then as near as you got to God, there was still this thumping big curtain in the temple covering off the the Holy of Holies, the place where the presence of God was said to dwell. It functioned like a big no-entry sign saying, keep out, because there is a barrier between you and God. Now over here in Australia, in our country, in our culture, we don't have those reminders. We think God's like a mate, like a buddy that we can just sidle up to and have a yarn. But God is not your mate. God is your creator. And there is a big problem between you and your creator, and it's not him, it's you. It's you and me. And we have not loved God back the way that we should. We have not returned to him the love that he has shown us. We turn our love away to anything, anyone else. We turn it to other gods, to things that aren't gods, to to houses, to to careers, to, to other people. Friends, we have all done this. The Bible calls it sin. We are all guilty to And it affects us right to the very core of who we are. I had an arborist turn up at my house on Friday. It was a surprise to me, but not to him. He was coming to certify some works in our backyard that we just recently had done. Uh, I learned from the arborist that a palm tree is actually not a tree. It's a type of grass. So there's a fun fact for you. I also learned why it's such a concern if a tree sustains a big wound or cut to its base or its roots. You see, when a human being gets cut on their skin, our skin heals from the bottom up. When a tree gets cut, it just covers over that wound. And so every year, a new layer of bark, a new tree, so to speak, will just grow over the top and it will keep growing, growing. The problem is the fungi and the bacteria get stuck on the inside and the tree begins to rot from the core. And that's a bit like the human heart and our sin. We find all sorts of lovely ways as we grow up to hide what's wrong with us, to hide the messiness of our lives, our bad thoughts, our bad patterns, and we cover them over like bark over a wound. But that sin gets into our heart and it causes us to sort of spiritually rot from the inside out. And how do you know if a tree is strong on the inside? How do you know if it's rotten or strong? It happens in storms, doesn't it? When the storms come sweeping through, that's when you find out what's in the inside. And a huge storm was about to shake these men who had left everything to follow Jesus. We've already had hints of it when when Judas, just last week we thought about Judas betraying Jesus for the price of, of 30 silver coins. 
Peter has been warned, one of Jesus' close friends, he said, I'm going to die with you, Jesus, if I have to. Jesus said, Peter, before the sun comes up tomorrow, you'll deny me three times. And then these people who had left everything to follow Jesus, given all their best human efforts to follow in the ways of God, would within hours abandon the Son of God to be alone. And so in spite of all their absolute best efforts, it all came to this point of testing and revealed that at the centre of the human heart, we are all sinful to the core. We will all fail to reach out and to find God ultimately. But Jesus knew this, and in his love and mercy, listen to these comforting words he spoke to them. Verse 14, chapter 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. I know you do. You're here. You believe in God. He said to them, believe also in me. That's our second point today. The way back to God is not our best efforts, not our best intentions. It's Jesus. Believing in Jesus will get you there. Jesus goes on, My father's house, he says, has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Here's a very important truth that we all must grasp. The way home to God, the way to heaven, it is not a path that you must walk down and not slip off. The way to heaven, the way to God, it is not a, a practice a performance that, that you must do and, and not stuff up. The way to heaven is not, a, uh, it's not a, a practice that you must get right and must enact in every moment of every day. No, the way to heaven, it's not a path, it's not a practice, it's not a performance, it is a person. It is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can take you home to God in heaven because he is God with us. He said as much in his response to Philip. Philip, his disciple, said, Lord, just show us the Father. Will you show us the Father? Verse, seven, verse 8. Jesus responds in these words. Verse 9. Come on, Philip. Come on. I've been with you all this time, Philip, and you, you don't yet understand. Anyone, he says, who's seen me has seen the Father. And then Jesus goes on to say, I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. And when I speak, the Father speaks through me. And when I work, the Father works through me. And so when Jesus promises you something, the Father will do it for you. And what has Jesus promised? Verse 2. He's promised that his Father's house has sufficient rooms for anyone who comes to him. He's promised that there is a space in heaven for anyone who wants it. And then he said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Now, Jesus was a carpenter like our own Neil Worsley. And uh, so they might have thought, well, maybe he's going to make in extensions to his house like Neil has done and this beautiful house has come together. Maybe that's what he's going to do as he prepares a place for us. In my house, when we prepare a place for visitors to come and stay, uh, my wife Bridget reminds me it's all about the linen choice and the pillow arrangements and having the right pillows, you know, not too many but not too few, so it looks welcoming. When Jesus prepares a place for us, he doesn't prepare it as a carpenter. He doesn't prepare it as a decorator. He prepares it through the cross and through a grave. 
Friends, the reason that Jesus is the only way to God is because every other attempt to reach out and connect with God is just people trying to, trying to reach out to God, trying to cover over the sin that lives inside our hearts and makes us rotten to the core. And every human attempt, every world religion that seeks to connect with God is just like people with their feet firmly planted on the earth trying to reach up into heaven. And some of our efforts are very noble in comparison to the rest of us. I, I admire wonderfully the, the goodness of many religious people and teachers. But the, the gap as they try and reach right through the, the chasm into heaven, it is far too far. They could never get there. It's completely insufficient. What we need is we need the God of heaven to reach down to us. Not just to come to us, but to come and deal with the problem in our human hearts. And that is what Jesus did. He knew that in a few hours, he would enact the divine rescue plan that he and his father had planned before the beginning of time, that he would give his life for the people that they created who would break his heart. He he would go to the cross and stretch out his arms on a Roman cross and say, I love you this much. On that cross, he would say, whatever darkness or despair has filled your heart, I will take it and put it into my heart. On that cross, he said, I will be condemned so that you can be forgiven. I will be crushed so that you can go free. I will die so that you can live. Friends, Jesus is the only way to God. Because only Jesus can deal with the sin problem that stands as a barrier between us and God. He's done it all. He's done everything that was needed on that cross. He died your death. And then he was buried and he went through your grave. But the great thing about Jesus' promise to us, did you notice it? He said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Verse 3, if I go there through the cross, through the grave... I'll come back. And back he came, didn't he? Burst out of the grave, alive, ascended to heaven. And he says, I'm not just going to send you where you need to go. I'll come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. Jesus will walk with you through this life and take you into his heavenly rest. Well, this is certainly good news, isn't it? But is it really the only way? Our third point, Jesus is the only way to God. How is it that this peasant preacher from ancient Palestine can claim to be the exclusive way for you to connect with God, exclusive way for people from all time to connect with God? We've already established that the way back to God is a person. We've established that that person is the God the God person, Jesus, who came down from heaven and addresses our sin problem and takes it away. So, yes, the claim of Jesus to be the only way to God is very exclusive to all other ways that are attempting to connect with God. It says that all other ways will fall null and void. They won't do it. They won't fix the problem. They won't get you across the gap. They won't bring you home to God. So it is exclusive to every other way or every other person who tries to offer you that. But this person, he's wonderfully inclusive, isn't he? 
There is not a single soul that Jesus has turned away who has come to him asking to be brought home to God. There is not a person in this building here tonight who is not being invited by Jesus to come home to God, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've become, no matter what has happened in your life. Jesus said, I've stretched my arms out as far as the east is from the west. I will remove all your sins from you. I will bring you home. Every single person who is watching online, you have been invited to come to Jesus, to come home to him. The invitation is wonderfully inclusive. Everybody is welcome. I'll tell you where it gets exclusive. It gets exclusive when people like you and I, who know the wonderful gift of that invitation, sit on it and don't do anything about it. On Tuesday this week, my son George um, was, was discovered by one of his friends crying in the playground. Uh, his friend went up to him, asked him what was wrong, but George didn't want to tell him. And, and so my friend's, uh, George's friend's mum told me at the end of the day, tipped me off. So I went and asked him that night. I said, George, what happened today? He said, I was just thinking about Keithy, my dad and his grandpa, and, and how he doesn't trust in God, but he's been in hospital a lot, and he was really worried for his soul. I thought, bless, bless his little heart. We've got to feel it like George feels it, don't we? It really matters. People are in real danger. So I asked George, what should we do? He said, we should make him trust in Jesus. <laughs> well, you can't do that, George. Uh, but you can keep offering people the invitation. And, and a great way we could do that is, is through our gingerbread house-making event where you could offer people an invitation <laughs> to come along and make a gingerbread house and hear about Jesus. I've got to tell you, here's a confession, I hate gingerbread. I did not like it one bit. I normally just eat the mustics off. It's a very inefficient way to eat mustics. But I love my friends. And I know that my friends would come to a gingerbread house making event in my house. I know that at that event, we will communicate the invitation of Jesus that they are welcome to come home to God. And so I'm going to host an event. And we do that, don't we? We, we have the, the invitation from God saying, come home, but, but often we sit on it. We hold it back. We're too worried about affecting the relationship, ruining our reputation, ruining the, the friendship. Friends, we have the best invitation in the world, and Jesus wants to use you and me to spread that invitation to the known world. He said so much in verse 12. Verse 12 of chapter 14, read it with me. Very truly, Jesus said, every time Jesus says very truly, listen up, it matters. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They will do even greater than these because I'm going to the Father. Wow. Doing the works of Jesus. Well, he can't mean doing greater works in effect, because we're not going to die for the sins of the world. Uh, we're probably not going to calm any storms or raise any dead people. But he can mean greater in extent. You know, when Jesus preached, he never preached outside of Israel. But his disciples, they went to every corner of the known earth. Jesus was just one man at one time in one place. But since Jesus, 
billions of followers of his have lived in every time, in every place, all over the world, offering this invitation to anyone who would receive it. There's a famous missionary uh, who said, I used to pray that God would bless my plans. Then I started to pray that my plans would align with God's plans. Then I learned to pray, God, use me to accomplish your plans. Jesus said so much, didn't he, in those last verses, I will do whatever you ask in my name. Whatever will glorify me in my Father, I will do for you. So if you, if you want to see prayers answered, if you want to be used by God, I dare you to ask him to use you to share his invitation with the people in your life. I promise you he will answer that. You will have something to come up here next open mic and you'll have a story to tell if you ask that because he loves to answer that prayer and he will do it. That brings us to our last and final question of this evening. And that is, if Jesus is the only way to God, have you come home to him? If today you're sitting here and your heart is still troubled, if you're feeling like maybe you don't know that you have a place in heaven, you don't feel like you know that you have been brought home to God, today would be a great day to accept that invitation. It's gone out to you tonight. All you need to do is respond. And we respond by praying. I'm going to lead us in a moment in a a short prayer that's based on three words. It's up on the screen above if you want to look at it. Uh, The words are sorry, thank you, and please. We're going to pray a prayer that says, Sorry, God, for my sin, for turning my back on you. Sorry for the way that I've rejected you. We're going to pray thank you that Jesus is the way that he went to that cross to take away my sin, to make me right with you. Thank you that he invites me to come home. Please forgive me, help me to live from this day forward, following the way of Jesus, walking with him as my saviour and Lord. Friends, if you want to pray that prayer, that is a, a prayer that a Christian must pray every day. Sorry, thank you, please. Just keep on coming back. But if, if, if this is the first time you'd want to pray that prayer, then that's an opportunity for you to start walking in the way of Jesus, to start following him. So I'm going to invite everyone here now to adopt a posture of prayer, and and we're going to pray this prayer. I'm going to lead us, and you can echo it in your heart to God. But before I do that, I'm going to read to us these words from Jesus, this promise from him to you about his promise to be the way to bring you home. Let me read these words. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. Room for you. If it were not so, would I have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And I have gone. I'm preparing a place for you. And I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Friends, if you want to echo these words in your heart to God, let's pray to him now. 
Dear God, sorry that I have sinned against you and rejected you as God over my life. If there's anything you need to mention to God now, I'm going to invite you to to bring that before him quietly in your heart. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross in my place, making the way for me to be friends with you again. I believe in Jesus. Please forgive me. Please come into my life. Please help me to live from this day forward with Jesus as my Saviour and my Lord. Amen. Amen. It's a great prayer for us to pray every day. But if you're someone who's prayed that prayer for the first time, let me assure you that God has heard and God promises that He has answered and He will come into your life. The Bible tells us that heaven rejoices over anyone who asks to come home to God through Jesus. And so we as a church want to celebrate with anyone who's done that here in the building or online by just giving a warm round of applause to anyone who's made that decision here tonight. I've also got a little gift that I'd love to give you to say well done for making that great decision to encourage you in the way of Jesus. Please come and see me or someone you've come along with tonight. To finish up this evening, I'm going to ask everyone in the building and everyone online uh, to fill in a little response card. You've got them on your seat online or come up in the chat. I'd love everyone to just make a commitment to walking in the way of Jesus. So I'll talk you through the options here. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time, tick that box, I've accepted Jesus' invitation. If you're thinking, yes, I want to walk this way, but I'm not, not quite there yet then come along to one of our Explore courses, Alpha Christianity Explored, where you can find out about how to walk in the ways of Jesus. If you want to take a next step in your journey of walking Jesus' way, getting baptised, getting confirmed, sharing your testimony, four times a year we celebrate those moments as church families. We'd love to know. If you're someone who's walking in Jesus' ways, uh, we, as your pastors, would love to know what we can pray for you. So jot down a prayer point there that we can pray for you and your pastors will use that as we pray for you throughout our week. If this, none of this is for you, uh, just tick that box I'm visiting today. But remember, Jesus' invitation goes out to everyone and everyone needs to respond. Even a non-response is a choice. We hope you make that choice soon. I'm going to invite the band to come up and in a moment we're going to sing. Let me leave you with that promise of Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to God. Anyone can come home through him.